Good morning, everybody. We have a very, very special guest. Today, I've gotten the honor of interviewing Nick Wold. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Well, it's great to see you. And before I start off, Nick, I just really want to give you a very special shout out. I mean, overall, on my time on Mercer Island, you know, the treatment of me hasn't always been the best, but I want to let everybody know in the bridge that it's been a real pleasure. And thank you for just giving me that good treatment. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Lou. You make it easy, man. It's always laughs. It's always a good time to, to connect. So it's been my pleasure, man. No, no worries. All right. Beautiful. We'll get the ball rolling here. Nick, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from South Everett, 128th Street. So uh, I'm a very proud of my my uh, my place. I grew up in a, a 600 square foot apartment with just my mom and my brother and I. And so I'm a Mariner High School graduate, um, a city school. So uh, if you guys know that area, uh, you would probably know um, kind of where my my roots and my my core beliefs kind of come from. Um, you know, always being kind of the underdog in my life. And so 128th Street, Everett, a lot of different things happened down that block. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be here at Mercer Island, quite a different change of pace from uh, the way I was raised and where I was working my, my young stages of my life. Um, and so that's where I kind of learned to play ball, got a chance to connect and, and make some wonderful friendships that are still with me today. So... Well, that's amazing. And I was just about to ask you, what were your favorite things to do growing up? What were your hobbies, you know, stuff that kept you active? Well, we, uh, in that area, you hit the block early in the morning and you didn't come till late at night. And so there was all kinds of outdoor basketball court and places to play football and so forth. So we were out active. I wasn't a kid that had video games or anything like that. So that was nothing that was a part of our culture. So we were out on the block from, from the early morning to the late at night with all of our friends just having fun and playing basketball, playing football, going to the corner store and yeah, finding ways to to, to learn as we go, as young people do. So um, yeah, it was a, a wonderful life. My mom was an incredibly hardworking person and, and I'm very um, blessed and thankful for all the work and, and love that she's shown me. And, and so she was working late nights, and and so my brother and I were out causing causing mischief, and uh, <laughs> and so um, you know we we learned uh, quite a few things during that period of time in my life, and things that have still shaped who I am today. It's okay to be out there and have fun. Um, while still remembering your core beliefs about how you treat people. And that was something that was instilled in me very early on from my mom and uh, how you needed to represent your community in a certain way. And so those are things that uh, I take into my, my time here at Mercer Island. Well, I can tell that gives me a bit more insight. I like that. Now, moving up the ladder, how was your high school experience? Oh, uh, it was it was uh, tumultuous. Uh, <laughs> let's just put it that way. You know, at Mariner... Um, if you're an athlete, you got a chance to really get some grace. And that was grace I probably didn't, I, I shouldn't have had, you know, late assignments, things like that, because you were out late, you were at your games and so forth. Teachers really took care of you in that way. But it really created some bad habits for me. Um, and so it wasn't until I went off into college about what it took to become a better student, to really be organized, to be know really forward thinking and thought provoking for for my future plans not thinking the day of but thinking several days in advance about what my week looks like and so forth my high school experience was was wonderful in many different ways we were fantastic on our sports teams and and um, my my teaching staff all the, the teachers that I had were just phenomenal because they knew that the students that we had at Mariner um, were students that you know when when they left the the, the, the safe confines of, of, of Mariner High School that sometimes those home lives were challenging for, for the students. So um, all of our, our teachers were really down for one another and really supported the student. And 
weren't grinding on you um, all the time. They really were just to be concerned about you, the human being. And so I'm very um, proud of my upbringing at Mariner. That's amazing because I was just, uh, you know, uh, it puzzles me to this day. I was wondering, you know, what sparked your interest in becoming an administrator? It was actually a teacher of mine at Mariner that uh, became an administrator at the place that I ended up getting my teaching position. I, I uh, went off to Central Washington University uh, for my undergraduate degree, and I got a chance to um, really enjoy my, t- my time at Central. And when I was looking for a job outside of, at, outside of college, I started making some connections with past teachers and so forth. And a friend said, hey, you know, your, your former teacher, uh, John Nisley, he is at Monroe High School as the athletic director and administrator. And so I, I called him up and said, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking for my first teaching gig. You know, what's the story? He was one of my football coaches um, back at Mariner. And so uh, he said, oh, Nick, yeah, you'd love it. Come out to Monroe, come check it out. And I didn't even, I didn't know Monroe from anything because I'm a South Everett kid. And so I went out there and, and I really fell in love with it. And I spent my first 15 years of my career out there teaching and coaching and and uh, starting the early parts of my administrative life as I was a dean of students out there and assistant athletic director and other things like that. And so I was very fortunate that I landed where I did because it got gave me a chance to grow as a as a human being, a grow as an educator. And what it came down to, Luke, back to your root question of why I became an administrator, I felt that I could do more for our school. I felt like I could really influence more. I can make some some um some changes and some decisions that really can affect more of our population. I really tried to, when I was a teacher, focus on my 150 students and, you know, the, the 50 basketball players or, you know, 75 to a hundred football players that I was coaching at those times. And then as an administrator, you know, your, your leadership can, can grow. You can get four to five to seven to a thousand to 1500 here at Mercer Island of students and trying to influence more on the, on the experience that they have in their high school. And so that was one of my goals to just, try and, and, and create a better way. Um, some of the better ways that I learned back, as I mentioned earlier, from, from my time in South Everett and, and time at Mariner, and to take some of those core values and bring them to um, a, another high school. And, and uh, you know, at year four here at Mercer Island, you know, I'm doing my best to, to try and keep some of those core beliefs here. Well, I got to say, uh, as a student, you know, you do a great job of that. I mean, for me personally, you already know how much you've had an impact on me with the middle school. No disrespect to the middle school or the elementary school, but I've never had such a good vibe and feeling at a school like I have with you, Nick Wold, and here at Mercer Island. Well, I appreciate that, Luke. And, you know, as I said earlier, you know, you make it easy. But I think a lot of our, our high school students make it easy because I think when it comes down to it, our students are incredibly motivated to succeed here. We we know that that our students are are pushing, they they push, but at at the uh, not at the mercy of caring about one another. You know, I think that we have a lot of students and our faculty that really care deeply about our student body. Um, you know, and I think that started you know uh, eight or nine years ago when Vicky Puckett came here, who was just down for students and bringing on Henderson Carlisle. Jamie Prescott, Jenny Foster, many of these great administrators that have come through here that while our school is a little bit of a pressure cooker at times and, and that people really are, are pushing hard to go to these these very elite colleges and so forth, I, I really believe that the core mission of our school and school district is really caring about the whole child, really having an inclusive experience um, every step of the way. And, and we've had some wonderful leaders that have come through here that have really paved the way for for my success and for our rest of our administrative team success and Jeff Jones, um, Lisa Dean, and and our new principal, Walter Kelly. 
Yeah, Walter Kelly. I, I like Walter Kelly. I was I was I was sad when you know uh, Henderson left, but it's a you know he's a good guy. Yeah, Wal- like Walter. Guy. You got to get him on the radio here, Luke, because <laughs> Walter has got a very unique story coming from from Dallas and uh, and the experience that he had down there. And and uh, you know Dallas is a unique community, and he was at a a school very similar to Mercer Island down there in Dallas, and so he's got some very unique stories. I think he even. He met the uh, the former president uh, George W. Bush, oh, uh, wow. the owner of the cow <laughs> the owner of the Cowboys Jerry Jones. Like so, I mean, I think I think he's got some very unique pieces of his career. He spent some time in in Colorado as well, and and so um, I know a part of that experience I think in Colorado is that they actually had days where they would field trip and go skiing. Um, and so he's got he's got some unique experiences that I think that you would uh, you would enjoy hearing about Luke. He's he's a, a great man. Well, that's cool. I'll, I'll have to get that set up. I mean, you yeah. know, I lo- love to have him on. Now, with quarantine, right, a big thing that even affects us right now. How has your job changed since quarantine? Oh, I know man. that's a <laughs> that's probably a big uh, ask, but well, yeah, you know, Luke. It's I was thinking about that today, and I thought, well, gosh, when when Luke interviews me, is he going to ask me about quarantine and COVID in my <laughs> role right now? And I I will say this, Luke. Maybe the best way for me to describe it pre-COVID. I knew what I was doing each day. I knew what uh, observation was in class. I knew what uh, what it was going to look like for supervision for a football game. I knew what it le- meant going down for to hang at lunch. You know, I knew what it meant to run an earthquake drill. I knew what it meant to do everything, uh, sing- single thing here on campus, and right. I was uh, capable and competent and all those types of things. But with COVID, there's no playbook. With with this, there's no rhyme or reason of how things go and. There's been some shifting targets. You know, there's been health uh, health information that continues to be um, to be adjusted. You know, at, at the state and national levels. Um, you know, even worldwide of of kind of you know when we first got into COVID, everybody was wearing rubber gloves every went, and now yeah. you know people aren't using rubber gloves. You know, there's just all these things, the maturation of COVID. So, um, yeah, pre-COVID, I knew what I was doing during and and uh, during COVID. Right now, you know, every day. I learned something a little bit new. Um, you know, if you're really to get to the core of it, if you are really somebody that believes in the growth mindset, somebody that is willing to grow each day and learn each day and meet every day's day, uh, obstacles with positivity, with kindness, and, and really just try and work your day and, and do your best, you know, I think in the long run, I think people will respect you for that. And that's all I've tried to do during this time is learn grow with the times as things change for me to stay really well researched and and to really treat people kindly and respectfully and uh, do my best to make this a very safe experience as we start to bring students back you know we've got about 40 to 50 students back here on campus now and we're looking to, to start that next phase of hybrid learning coming up here soon where we get about half of our students back for a couple of days a week and so it's totally my goal to do this in a safe a safe way where our students are back here uh, filling their buckets, you know, seeing more students on campus. You know, while we have masks on, you can still see when somebody smiles. You know, you can still see when they're happy. You can still see when they're sad. You can still see, um, you know, what's what's going on with that person. And it's my goal to really do this in a safe and, and, and awesome way and doing my best to make it up as we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I get that for sure. And I knew that could be uh, potentially a loaded question because I see on the news, I mean, this is unprecedented what's going on, you know, but regardless, I feel like, you know, the transition that kind of answered my question of, you know, how are we beginning to transition? I heard some new stuff about the hybrid situation, Mm -hmm. but is it just a plan to have kind of just keep, like you said, bringing more students in 
periodically, still doing the kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, like Thursday rotations? or Yeah, it'll be um, more of a, a Monday, Tuesday group, um, a Wednesday kind of all synchronous day. So you're at home on Wednesdays and then Thursday, Friday, uh, being another group of students in here based on our block scheduling. And so, um, you know, it depends on on how many students come and want to come back and feel safe to come back. You know, we hope to release some safety information. Um, I'm building some documents right now to kick out to our community and to students. I'm building some videos tomorrow. Uh, if you're around, Luke, if you want to get in some of these videos. I'd love to. Yes. I'd love to. Yeah. And so we're going to be creating some videos to, to kind of do a day in the life. So students know when they come in the building, as you've been in the building, Luke, it's a safe place. Yeah, people, care, people care about safety. They care that, that, you know, in this community, we are responsible for one another. So, Luke, you've got to be safe. I've also got to be safe in, in how I'm behaving outside of school. Am I using hand sanitizer? Am I washing my hands and my mask up above my nose and below my chin? All these little things that students and families may not know that is going on. But Luke, when you're here, I mean, uh, just to, you know, I know you're interviewing me, but just to interview you right back, I mean, do you feel safe here? Definitely. I can't describe how different it is, but how much precaution is gone through consistently, even in the way we sit during lunch to have social distancing be required mm -hmm. um, is something that I found. It, it was a little bit odd at first, right, as everything is has been during quarantine, <laughs> but the fact that in classrooms everybody's spread out, you know, even in the, when we walk down to lunchroom, we're still social distancing, wearing masks. Everybody who I've been around, just from what I've seen, I haven't seen a single mask issue. I haven't seen a single person walking around without it on or, you know, potentially jeopardizing the safety of it all. At least on my end. Now, this is still early stages, but yeah, yeah. but from what I've seen, you're God darn right. Every day I feel safe. <laughs> well, Luke, I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way, man, because that is that is a critical element in this whole thing. I mean, we are all in this together. As a community, we're all in this trying to be safe, trying to put an end to this pandemic. And it takes every little minor victory. You know, you and I both here being interviewed masked up. You know what I'm saying? That's That's a victory. All these little minor victories. Over time, we're going to beat this thing. And that's how I, I attack it. I attack it competitively, that I want to win, and I, we're going to win, and we're going to win this thing right. And we want to show our community that we can do this safely and that we're going to provide a, a wonderful experience here. Well, that's amazing. I just wanted to ask, I wonder, just during quarantine, how have you been staying active? What have you been doing to just kind of get out there, just enjoy, I guess, quarantine life? Yeah, you know, it's it, in the spring, it was a little bit different. Uh, we have a, a basketball court um, at, my, at my house, so my son and I were out there chopping it up every day, just uh, working on his game and, and playing hoops all the time. And then my wife and I would go for community walks and so forth and and did our best in that uh, that way. We bought a, a Peloton bike, you know, one of those stationary bikes that yeah. you know you see all those fancy commercials for. So we bought one of those things so we can stay active as well. My wife's at like 400 rides. I mean, she's crushing. <laughs> and so they're even sending her like promo gear because she's, <laughs> she's, she's killing it. So yeah, and then now, you know, um, I'm going to be uh, heading up to the mountain here soon to get out and snowboard a little bit. Got some new bindings and boots and stuff, getting ready for the season. And and so, you know, there's something about uh, being out skiing and snowboarding where you get a chance to really um, be be one with the elements. And it's so beautiful up there. It's almost like you're, you're cheating at life a little bit. And so you get up there to the mountain and uh, breathe in some of that fresh air, give yourself some some natural distance away from folks and and be able to have your mask off in that space and get a chance to just say, you know what, things are going to be all right. Sometimes the mountain has a way of, of doing that for you. So um, these are some of the ways that I've I've been active. Definitely done some time. We went to Chelan and, and got a chance to swim and mm -hmm. spend some time out on a boat on the lake and uh, cannonball 
and so forth. So uh, that's about how we've, we've tried to, you know, keeping your, your sanity during this period of time. Um, <laughs> right. And so my wife and, and sister-in-law actually spent some time with us, living with us because she was living alone and we wanted to care about her mental health. You know, the people in isolation have, have really struggled during this period of time. So she's actually came out and walked with us for a while and seeing our community members out there uh, on our walks, getting a chance to chop it up with those folks so that uh, we're all still staying connected as a community. So that's kind of how I've been doing it, Luke. Well, that's amazing because I know with these screens, I mean, uh, you know, we, we have to do it. We have yeah. to do it. But now more than ever, I feel like it's important to push the emphasis of get outside, still social distance, but get some fresh air. I yeah. mean, I can't tell you the iPads. I've always been a fan of technology. Now I look at it much differently. I look at it much differently. I look yeah. at it more like I got it, but I have to be as productive as I can while I use it, but then get off because it's well, important. I'm with you, Luke, and, and I'll tell you what, in the spring, I was getting headaches all the time from uh, from too much technology, too much screen time, 12, 15 hour days on, on a device. And so I ended up having to get those blue light glasses where, you know, it's helping you with those rays that are coming out of your device. And so those the, my blue light glasses have actually helped quite a bit with the headaches. Um, but I, I hear you, man. It's, it's almost... Uh, it's almost like a uh, a four letter word, even though it's not four letters. Of thinking about you know Zoom time and and the time that you're on your device. I mean, it, it has been negative in different ways, but at least the the subplot of all this, though, Luke, at least we're able to still connect. You know, so some of the the best times that I've had with folks um, has been on Zoom and get a chance to connect and make some uh, and still laugh and and see some joy in some folks. Um, while not ideal, uh, still a, a um, a way for us to see one another. Well, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the time right now. Uh, I think I'm going to have to end it up. But, Nick, it has been such a huge pleasure to have you in the bridge and get this interview with you. So I appreciate it. Hey, Luke, anytime, man. Just let me know. All right. Beautiful. Well, this has been Luke Reed, and you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge.